0: Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. If you are trying to recover from um, an experience with a person with Narcissistic Personality Disorder, then there are many resources on my website. There's articles, podcasts, YouTube videos, and information about scheduling Uh, consulting with me coaching with me so uh, check out narktroopers.com today we're going to talk about anxiety so let's just roll up our sleeves and try to dive in um anxiety is baked into the recovery process and it's sort of an undercurrent that's there pretty much for everyone um In the four years that I have been um, researching and training and working to uh, be able to help people in this area, um, everything tends to come back to the idea that that anxiety is going to be um, a part of what you go through and that the important thing is to try to learn to manage it so that you don't get stuck with it um, indefinitely. So Dr. Sam Vaknin, the singular most prolific expert on narcissistic personality disorder, among other things, and sort of my own inspiration for all of this that I do, for the work that I do, he recently did a lecture on anxiety a few weeks ago. And um, so that sort of spearheaded my Uh, digging into this a little bit, rooting around, seeing what I could come up with to kind of help all of us look at anxiety, um, you know, a little bit closer and see what we can do to understand it and to treat it. So I'm going to try to distill his ideas um, and then also everything that I managed to gather together to present to you the things that I think will help you get through this. Um, so anxiety. Um, a lot of times it's, it's defined as an irrational fear. As that's the result of cognitive distortions, such as catastrophizing. It can originate from both inside or externally. People who suffer from some kind of mental disorder, they deal with anxiety ways uh, in ways that are different from the way that neuro people, neurotypical people deal with it. Um, so these are the top five ways that they respond to anxiety because their defenses often fail. We're talking about dysregulated people with maladaptive um, ways that they deal with anxiety um, disordered people, how they deal with it. Um, you know, just the challenges of that, um, the impaired persons, this is what the impaired person does. The person who's not coping with anxiety. Well, so number one, reframing reality is one way to impair reality and create a new one that's safer and better. Just think about that. If you, if, if the real world is just too much to live in, then make a new one. That's not real. And that is comfortable, disordered, maladapted, unwell, people, um, invent a new script that is, um, not anxiety inducing and not threatening to them. So so that was number one, reframing reality. Number two, is conflating, conflating internal and external objects is something that, and when you do this, it allows this person to externalize their anxiety, thus removing it from the inside and giving them relief. Um, it's more controlled this way, uh, when you tend to feel powerless in, in the throes of, of anxiety. So, conflating internal and external objects and all of that um blurred lines and topsy-turvy way that some people do that is um you know it's it's complicated it's not a good thing and it leads it's it's chain reaction one thing leads to another uh number three externalizing this takes their anxiety from within and it becomes aggressive in order to transfer this unbearable anxiety. It comes out like it's vented through this, uh, aggression. And and thus it causes others to have to share this unpleasant feeling. And when that happens, somehow it reduces the anxiety for the person experiencing it. Number four, this is, these are the ways that are not good ways to deal with anxiety and that would be obsession. Obsession allows the impaired person to develop intrusive thoughts that take up so much headspace and all that, that they forget their anxiety altogether. It's like a distraction, sort of. Um, And so, uh, what do I want to say about obsessions? Um, People, you know, the rituals that you do when you have OCD are, are parts of larger... Conscious narratives, let's call them, that take over so many many of the mental resources um, so that there's nothing left to have, there's no space for anxiety, is how that works. Number five, these are not okay ways to deal with anxiety. Number five, dissociating. Dissociating involves a disconnect from reality in order to stop the threats and danger there are distortions here that create a break or fracture and when everything else fails dissociating creates delusions and this renders everything harmless now this is something that narcissists do pathological narcissists dissociate um because they and they do some of these other ones too at different stages and cycles in their abusive cycle but um Dissociating is one of the main ones because they're no longer residents in this reality. They depart and um, becomes delusional. It's a chronic state for them. So when all of these five not okay coping mechanisms fail, that's when personality disorders are created and amplified. They try to deal with their anxiety in these five unhealthy ways. And some of them become entrenched. And even after they have developed this narcissistic personality disorder, they still have this coping style, this coping mechanism, which doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work uh, because it's offloading. It's conflating. It's um, um, projecting. It's it's delusional, dissociating. Um, It's a lot of things that, it shouldn't be like, we don't want to have that happen. So when, when they try these things and then they, and these things don't, don't really work, uh, that's when they develop the personality disorder. And this happens pretty early on in life, usually, um, without them really making a cognitive choice for this to happen. It's sort of a response because It's like, a, a causal, causal cause and effect kind of thing going on but anxiety is at the root of everything because it's the one critical thing that all people try to avoid whether they're healthy or unhealthy disordered people develop dysregulation in efforts to avoid anxiety uh, which can be really threatening for them anxiety is like the silent slayer that kills you from the inside out and make no mistake It can actually be the end of you in a lot of different ways, both literally, existentially, spiritually, and psychologically. Uh, There's a lot of different kinds of ways to die that don't involve just having your heart stop and ceasing to to have breath. So let's look at some tips for managing anxiety and kind of dive into that if we can for a minute. Um, There are tools that you can use that are definitely better than the last five that we listed. Number one, focus on your breathing and try to get on top of it. Think of it as breath work to help you overcome intense pain, kind of like Lamar's childbirth um, technique where the breathing and the concentration are supposed to keep you on top of things. Uh, I actually did that with two out of three of my children and you know, it, uh, it's, it's good about 90% of the time, or at least that was my experience, um, that it worked most of the time. How about that? Number two, carry an object that reminds you of the present, of the now. Um, you know, it could be a small stone, a crystal, an artifact of some kind, and uh, touch that. That's like a somatic trauma tip you know to connect your body to ground it in reality number three tell yourself that you're safe uh sometimes i will hug myself and pat myself pat my chest my put my hands right under my throat and just pat away and say i'm okay i'm safe i got you and i'm talking to myself i'm talking to my inner child i'm talking to you know, all that is me and I'm giving that reassurance and saying, I got you. You're okay. Don't be scared. Everything's going to be okay. It's fine. So this is a way to like comfort and soothe yourself, which is number four. It's ways to calm down your parasympathetic nervous system and your fight flight response your response to triggers, all of those things that create the anxiety. You've got to learn to comfort and soothe yourself in in a number of ways. Um, Number five, keep writing in a journal or draw your feelings. It's important to name your feelings and experience them. Let them flow through you and then bless them and say, thanks for helping me get this out of me, the bad stuff out of me, and for teaching me things that I need to know. Number six, try grounding techniques like hugging a tree. I know that sounds really crazy, but stand on the dirt uh, with your shoes off. Take your shoes off and go stand in the water. Um, Just connect to the earth. There's visualizations that you can do to help you with this. When you just sit in a chair with both feet on the ground and you picture, you just imagine that your feet have these spikes that come down from them and they're going down into the ground like a golf tee, then deeper than a golf tee, like a 10th stake. And they're, they are your feet. It's part of you and you're just shooting these roots, these spikes, these extensions of yourself deep, deep into the earth and you feel the coldness and the wetness and the rockiness and all of that of what is down deep into the earth's crust um and yeah, there's just tons of stuff like that you can look up online number seven uh meditate work on mindfulness you know some people act like that is a you know one and done kind of like remedy for everything i disagree i think it's a tool I think it's something that's very helpful very useful and and um, super effective for a lot of people but to say that's the only thing you need to do no it's one thing of many that you need to do and yeah I think you need to do it it, it is effective but it's not enough in and of itself to meditate and to work on mindfulness because let me just insert this little sidebar you're not trying to just stay in the present all the time. I know that runs counter and it feels counterintuitive to what you're hearing and what you, you yourself may be thinking, but think about this. You know, you can't live just in the now and be a person who's evolving and growing, who is responsible and accountable for everything past, present, future, because, we must reflect on our past and look behind us over our shoulder to evaluate what happened back there. There's a giant accident, like wreckage all over the place, damage, carnage, horrible. How did that happen? I need to understand it. I need to reflect on my part in causing that accident. I need to reflect on what I could do to avoid this kind of Wreckage to happen moving forward. I need to reflect reflect learn from the past reflect on the past Dissect it try to understand it and all of that. So yeah, you have to You do have to go back into the past and it's not enough Just to live in the now because you need to also have a vision for your future You have to know what direction you're going. Where are you headed? You can't just, it's like getting in a car and you have no idea where you're going. You drive around in circles. You know, some people may think that's fun, but I'm very task oriented and I want to get to that destination where I know that I'm going to be safe and happy and whole and everything's going to be hunky-dory, you know, I want to get there. And so you need to look forward and plan, organize, anticipate, um, have like a plan A and a plan B In case plan a falls apart, have something that you're going to go after as a goal, as a target, as something in the distance that you want to get to. could be anything, Um, but you need to have that. You can't just exist in the what you're doing for the next hour, what you're just going to do for the next five minutes or what you're just going to do for today. There is a yesterday and there is a tomorrow and we do need to think about all of them. But there are times when we're just ruminating and having triggers and intrusive thoughts, and the past is serving no constructive purpose or productive purpose. And at those times, yeah, you need to learn to get your mindfulness stuff under control so you can stop having pointless, unproductive, um, just lingering in the past in a kind of, you know, um, <laughs> sadness or whatever. Same thing with the future. You need to monitor that and control that too so that you're not constantly working on that so much that you neglect the other two. Okay, number eight. Um, We're talking about things you can do to manage anxiety. Tell these interjects in your mind, these voices in your mind, to just shut up. Stop talking. Stop talking to me. I don't want to hear it. Stop. Shh. Hush. Just say that out loud if you need to, and then divert your attention elsewhere. Number nine, know your triggers and avoid them. Maybe they won't always be triggers, um, but when they are and you know they are, you need to stay away from from them, right? You don't want to court disaster. Um, Number 10, ask your inner child, what do you need right now? I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling triggered. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm beginning to have trouble breathing. And I feel like someone's squeezing me around the neck. They're choking me out and, ah, you know, it's going that direction. Then just ask her or him. Hey, little person, little me. What do you need right now? What's happening with you? Talk to me. What's going on? What do you need? What do you want? What's what? What is not okay? Use your words. And then sit with yourself and try to listen for the response for what is going on. Now, these 10 tips are just tiny little micro interventions. They're not the big solution to anxiety. They're little things that you can put together and keep them handy and use them as you need to. Um, Because, you know, um, well what you want to do is stop the suffering long enough for you to be able to create a safe space so that you can get stronger and recover and think of the future and think and reflect on the past and and then practice mindfulness for right now for part of your day you do all of that you work on yourself and and do all those things then the 10 little tips i just gave you should be effective tools for you to use some people get stuck and they develop things like chronic depression or prolonged grief syndrome. That's actually, um, a real thing. You know, I don't want to be one of those people that, that gets stuck. Um, you know, I've already given almost two decades of my life to a person who was too sick and too disordered to know how to be what I needed him to be or for what he needed to be for himself. You know, he was just not able, he was not well. And it's already been 20 years of time. That's just gone. It's just lost. I can never recapture that. And I missed so much during that time that I was away in that fantasy land with him. So, um, when you have these, these, um, this anxiety coming on you, um, you know, maybe there's a point where we're going to say, I'm cured. I'm happy. I'm healed and completely free of anxiety. But, you know, it's like alcoholism or drug addiction uh, in the way that there's really no magic moment to just say that. It's, It's a constant thing to manage. It's a constant thing to, you know, to keep that life of sobriety away from that narcissist. You know, he or she is like a drug. It's like heroin. You're addicted to those dopamine hits. And so, of course, that causes you anxiety to think that you're not going to get to experience that. It's like you need that. You want that. You crave it. Just like an addict. So, yeah, that's kind of a strange thing to think about. But it's all tied in with anxiety. You think addicts don't have anxiety about their addiction? Of course they do. It's huge. It's tremendous. Um, But it's... um, important to uh what do we want to say to to face up to it and name it for what it is and try to um get past it so um so those are tips that you can use and it's you know these are all things that can help you get your life together where you're managing anxiety enough to just function you know to to be able to to um to lead your life um, in a way where you're not a slave to this thing, you know. When you're a love junkie, um, that's no way to live. You know, you hurt everyone around you too. Um, so, um, so as as life goes on around us, it's abundant and resplendent. It's eternal and joyous. Um, We have to embrace all parts of life, and it's not all, um, you know, marshmallows around a campfire and kumbaya, it's not, it's not all dopamine hits to the brain where you feel like you're going to explode with ecstasy, no, it's not, (laughs) you know, you have moments of bliss, moments of true peace, and moments of where you have epiphanies, or you feel, um like everything's okay with the world and all of that but it's it doesn't stay that way it's not continuous there's going to be bumps in the road there's going to be setbacks and challenges there's going to be hard things that come to you whether it's financially with your career your job whether it's with your family uh it could be you know the your health you could have a health event or some health condition that that weighs upon you. I mean, there's going to be things that come to you as it does to everyone that you're going to have to, uh, figure out how, how to, to deal with that, you know, and, and how to soak in the good stuff that fortifies you so that you can get through the bad stuff. Um, so we just need to approach life sort of unfiltered, unmedicated, unfettered and without anesthesia or escape a lot of us try to run away uh, or or cope with it through you know overeating or overspending or getting in relationships that are really bad or you know doing self-sabotaging self-trashing self-harm in some way because we just can't face that anxiety we've got to distract ourselves maybe we we're workaholics and we stay busy all the freaking time we can't just sit and and just be in silence and just sit and be with ourselves and our feelings we got to just go 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 all the time running around in circles chasing our own tails because the idea of sitting and having that anxiety come to us as a visitor is not something that we can allow and so it's like keep going hurry hurry and you know, all of that. So we want to live a life that's, that is, um, where we can face that, where we can stop. We don't have to medicate it and it. We don't have to drink alcohol until we're numb or use drugs until the pain stops and we get numb. We don't have to do any of those things. We can be by ourselves and just sit and, and just watch the wind and the trees. If you live near the ocean, go take a walk by the ocean and look out at the waves and out at the horizon. See if you see anything jumping up out of the water. If you live in the forest, go walk and feel the soft earth beneath your feet and the trees making the noise that they make. And just be silent and listen. Listen to nature. Listen to your soul, your heart. Listen to what what the divine spirit source god whatever you want to name it what what that message is that will come to you it will speak to you and and try to have some kind of openness to receive this um divine universal guidance or or um support strength whatever it fortifies you with um you know uh We can embrace life and choose to empower ourselves to just burst into living again, you know, Um, full of of color, you know, and with anxiety, just sleeping peacefully, you know, in somewhere else (laughs) over, you know, away from us under one of those trees or something. But it's not something that's going to grab us and and choke us out, you know we got to keep going, troopers. These are tough times right now in the world for so many reasons in so many places. Things unraveling, things coming apart, people feeling it and feeling scared or angry or... or um, and you know, fear and anger cause people to do some very messed up things. Um, it's a dangerous world right now that we live in and it's a rough time to be recovering from being just totally um, destroyed by a person who's mentally ill. To have that happen and to participate in that as you did, to keep that going and to be accountable for your part in it and to study yourself and dissect the cadaver of your relationship with that narcissist enough so that you understand to never let it happen again and to learn to give yourself the things that you were looking going out shopping somewhere else for you were thirsty you were hungry you were out there shopping for some external something and you whoops tripped over that narcissist and the rest is history right well no you don't want to do that again you might not make it through the next time it's it does uh, permanent damage to you um i swear it shaved years off of my life but we, we want to end that and be healthy and happy and so what do we you know as we have to be brave and defiant and don't surrender to this waterless drowning of anxiety that's what it is right it's like drowning without water you deserve to have happiness and peace and love and all the things that have been out of reach for you for this time that you lost um, with the narcissist. So um, I guess that's my final word about anxiety. Learn the tools, use medication sparingly, only as something a little bit to take the edge off. So that gives you the space to do what you need to do without the meds. Um, I certainly keep them handy for me for <laughs> a little Klonopin in the drawer, in my purse, in my car. Everywhere I go, just in case I have to have it and get triggered, but I don't take it every day. I don't take it every week. I take it when I need it. And um, you know, think of solutions, research, learn, listen, um, problem solve, and and don't just surrender to anxiety. Just to and and to have to have that be something that's an undercurrent in all of your life is is not what you want you want to rise above that and find a way to manage it, to, um, control it. Okay. That's my message for today. Thank you for being here. Um, and I hope that we, um, can be optimistic about the future and hopeful that we're going to keep improving ourselves and be the best version of ourselves that we can be post, um, dysfunctional toxic thing that we were tied up and entangled with. We can do it guys. I know we can't. We just, it's going to take some work. And so just roll up your sleeves and let's get to it. Keep marching, keep trooping. I'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Much love. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?